0: Today the topic is a bit uh, different from what we usually have, but I really wanted to talk about this thing uh, because uh, uh, Data Talks Club is an online community, Machine Learning um, MLops is an online community, and we have so many online communities, and there are not so many talks about that, especially like um, especially in the space of uh, machine learning, data science, and uh, I always wanted to uh, to get Demetrius on. Uh, on the podcast, because A, he had me uh, on uh, on the Meloops community podcast, and uh, I wanted to get him back. And uh, I wanted to talk to somebody about uh, about building online communities, and who else could be a better fit for that than you, Demetrius. So thanks a lot for joining us today. And uh, yeah. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: I really appreciate you having me on. It's very cool and nice of you, because... You actually had something to say when I had you on. I'm not sure if I'm going to have much to say, but you may, you're you very kind in making this around communities. So maybe I have a few words that I can share, a few <laughs> words of wisdom.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's start. Maybe uh, before we go in the topic, um, in the main topic about online communities, maybe you can tell us a bit uh, about yourself so how did you end up creating uh, being the mastermind behind uh, this thriving big uh, uh, lovely uh, online community that has 3,000 members right now. So how did it start for you?
1: So it was all by chance and what happened was is that I, was doing sales work for this company called dot science. I think I tried to sell to you even, like Yes, you did. And... We, I did try to sell to you, didn't I? <laughs> it didn't pull me off. Yes, I didn't <laughs> buy, but at least our relationship went somewhere. So I was doing the heavy and hard legwork of reaching out to people, trying to get them to look at our MLOps tool called dot science. And I was having okay success with it. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, nobody wanted to take a meeting with me. Like my job became really, really hard. And so our old CEO had the brilliant idea because he comes from the Docker space. He had the brilliant idea of, Hey, why don't we have a community? Because a community needs to form around MLOps. We saw we had been calling it DevOps for ML for like, I don't know, like six months. But then MLOps terms started to be used more and more. And I know it's been debated who created that term. Uh, I know that DataRobot has ownership of it. Someone (laughs) pointed that out to us in the community that they actually like have a trademark on that. But the thing that happened was, is that it was like, okay, well, you know, for the time being, let me just start interviewing people and we'll see where that goes. And I had read enough books on like marketing and I had actually wanted to create a podcast at my last job, which was as a, I was in sales also, but I was, at this uh, password management company. And I wanted to create a podcast there because I felt like it would be a great way to have an excuse to talk to people that I don't usually get to talk to or that wouldn't answer my phone calls or that wouldn't (laughs) talk to me like Like you. you. (laughs) Exactly (laughs) Exactly that, huh? I did end up getting to talk to you. It just wasn't about the tool. It was about actually more informative stuff. So we could argue that it was better in the end. And so I wanted to start a podcast. I just, at the last company I was at, they asked me like, so do you have any, anything of you actually doing it? Like they didn't trust that I was going to be any good at it, which is a fair assessment because I'm, I'm not sure if I am any good at it. <laughs> there, um, So that never went anywhere it never got off the ground and when we decided to do the podcast and the meetup really it was meetup it started as a meetup and i was like well we should just record it and make it into a podcast so we went from there and we also started a forum in the beginning not just the slack but nobody was using the forum after the first like two months and so we stopped with that but it was a place to congregate. And and it was from the beginning meant to be vendor agnostic, which was interesting to think about because my CEO was the one who told us to do it. It wasn't connected to the company that we were working at, Dot Science, but it was in a way like, hey, you should do this. It might help. So We went and did it, and then it was vendor agnostic, and we didn't have to worry about like selling our product. In fact, we were very much against that idea. And then, like a month later, the company went out of business, so I definitely didn't have to worry about selling anything. (laughs) And, And then I just kept interviewing people because the company was out of business, but I was enjoying interviewing people, and I had scheduled like the company went out of business in May. And I had scheduled meetups every week until mid-June or July, I think. And so that's what made me be like, wow, there's actually, there's something here. People are enjoying this, or at least people are willing to talk to me. I don't know if people were actually enjoying it. Uh, Well, I did. You enjoyed the process. I don't know if people enjoyed what you said, but (laughs) then... Then it was, yeah, it was a good time, man. So I was learning a ton. And you'll see that if you go back to the first meetups that I hosted, I didn't ever ask any follow-up questions. And one of the first meetup guests, Charles, he made fun of me for this because he was like, you know, I'm not sure I want you to tell me the answer, but whenever you get the responses from people, you kind of do this, gazing off like you're deep in contemplation and then you ask the next question and I'm just wondering if you're deep in contemplation about what that person said like it's so profound or (laughs) you have no idea what they they just said and you're trying to understand it (laughs) and which was it I'm not going to (laughs) tell but (laughs) I I didn't know yeah I didn't know what people were talking about in the beginning and I didn't have any way to like actually follow up so I was just there like trying to hold on and i had prepared questions that i would ask people and i prepared everything beforehand and i would generally just go through those questions uh, that i prepared and i wouldn't have any back and forth and so by the time you came on i was starting to feel more comfortable and now i feel too comfortable i think
0: (laughs) so now you can consult on MLops, right (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs) that's it that's my next my next business idea
0: but you also were an English teacher right I think I read it in some of your uh, LinkedIn posts that you first
1: if you want to go way back for sure like so I started I got out of the US as soon as I graduated university because I wanted to not be in the US and i went to spain uh which is kind of a long story on why i settled on bilbao spain and we can say that in the next data talks club chat we have but i ended up in bilbao and i was there the easiest way for me to stay there was to teach english Mm -hmm. and i also wanted to learn spanish i graduated with a degree in spanish and portuguese and i had been in brazil and i knew a bit of portuguese but i and i also knew spanish but i didn't know enough to be like hey i have this degree in it i should be fluent and so i stayed there uh, for a few years teaching english and then met my wife and had a daughter and then didn't leave for a long time and from there it was it was really easy to teach english it was like this flywheel where you just go and you do it and you teach English, but it wasn't like fulfilling at all. And I felt like I wasn't learning much obviously because I spoke English and I was learning about how to be a teacher in the beginning and learning how to talk to people. And you could argue that that helped me with this kind of stuff. But after like eight years of it, it gets very monotonous. And so I was looking for a way out Mm -hmm. and a friend got a job in sales at that password management company. And so then I I went from there into sales, which is just shout out to all the sales people there. It's hard work, I will say that. And then I got out of sales, which is another one where it's like, ooh, I got lucky, <laughs> I, I was able to get out of that. So I got lucky getting out of English teaching because I didn't want to be a lifer. I didn't want to be 40 and still be talking about the past participle. And <laughs> I got out of sales,
0: too. Okay, but, uh, I guess uh, that uh, the skills you picked uh, up when you were working in sales, they're pretty helpful in, uh, how to say, closing speakers, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> finding well, first of all, finding people who to talk to, then uh, convincing them to get on your podcast, and then uh, finally actually, you know, getting them and talking to them on the podcast.
1: Yeah, you've probably seen this, too. Within the ML space, it feels like it's really easy to get people to come on. Uh, I also had the, the community data on Kubernetes, which I think you wanted to talk about too. And in that space, it was much harder to get people to come on. And there I needed the sales skills, which is just basically being persistent. Like if you're persistent, you're going to get a no or a yes, but you're going to get something and I don't (laughs) stop until I get something. And so some people will stop asking after 10 times, but if you've done sales enough, then you know, well, there's probably, I should probably shouldn't stop asking until 20 times or I get that. No, (laughs) just like, tell me no. And I'll go away on the first time, uh, kind of, maybe not, but. That, yeah, there were some definite skills that were Hmm. useful. They transferred over well, but in ML ops, man, you don't need it in ML and ML ops in general. I don't think it's necessarily needed because people are willing to talk. Uh, It's not so saturated with a million different podcasts and a million different communities that you, you get the same response like when in the Kubernetes land. I think in Kubernetes it's different because there are so many different companies that have their own podcasts and they have their own community and they have all of this. So when I would approach people, they would be like, okay, and ask a bunch of questions. Like this was my worst, least favorite question was, how big is your audience? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's when I told them, there's only... Four people watching live on YouTube.
0: (laughs) Okay, so maybe let's uh, let's talk a bit about uh, the the community you built. And uh, I know now, like I don't know how many people per day join, but every time I see the the number of members. Like so I think it decreases like 100 members per day. So this is like an awesome growth. But it didn't start there, right? So at the, at the beginning, you needed to get some traction, right? So how how did it start for you? So uh, I understood. So first you started with events, reaching out to speakers, uh, trying to invite them. But how did you, and I know that you were not alone in that, but uh, you as a community, um, how did you manage to get this traction? What did you need to do to to do that
1: you're asking for my secrets (laughs) alexa so you can replicate (laughs) it yeah exactly actually one thing that we did which is quite useful when you're starting a community if you're building a community one thing that i did i would say is i reached out to a bunch of random people on linkedin and LinkedIn, because that's where I felt like the majority of the people were. And it's easier just to connect with people on LinkedIn and say like, hey, I remember I would I would tell them, uh, hey, I'm, you know, stuck inside. And so I wanted to do something useful with my time inside. And I started this community. If you're interested in MLOps, come join us. And then we, it would be that. So I was doing a lot of outreach in the beginning, a lot of cold outreach. And that was all me. Like, that's why in the beginning, man, I was working like crazy. It's a, It's a lot of work to try and set it up. And it was slow coming. Well, it felt like it was like blowing up from the beginning, but it would be like, if we got 20 people in the Slack and we had like 15 people in a meetup, I was like, wow, there's so many people and this is huge now. Uh, and then it, I stopped. I remember there was a point when I stopped doing outreach, like probably like a month after we started the community or maybe a um, month and a half after we started it. And what happened was is that people kept coming into the community randomly. I was like, whoa, how did that happen? I haven't been telling people about it so where are they finding out about it and especially in the beginning it was just me and somebody gave some great feedback to me in the beginning when i was asking for feedback i you know like once or twice a year we ask people to fill out a form and give feedback somebody said this is not yet a community they were like they prefaced it nicely they were like don't take this the wrong way but i don't feel this is a community yet i feel this is just Demetrios sharing stuff that he finds online and thinks is useful and because in a way it was like i was the most active member and i was always trying to keep things happening keep things new so that people would come back and trying to tag different people into conversations but it wasn't like what you see now where people ask questions and then others answer them i would always have to be involved in some way and and then yeah i don't think we get like 100 a day unless you tweet out something about the community we usually will get like 100 a week i think is probably more realistic on a good week sorry the sun keeps coming out and in and so my camera is being overexposed or underexposed but yeah, that, that's that. Did that answer the question?
0: Yeah, I think you did. So first thing you did was uh, cold outreach. And I think this, uh, these terms are coming from uh, sales, right? So cold yeah. outreach. Exactly. Uh, so which means basically to translate it to the language that most of us understand is basically just writing random people on LinkedIn, saying, hey, join us, join our community. Uh, let's talk about MLOps. And uh, that... Uh, Help to get some traction. Then you also mentioned that uh, <clears throat> at the beginning it was just uh, you sharing some articles you found online, so just to keep the, the place uh, uh, you know alive. Not yes, just to okay. This is what I found. What do you think about this? All right, and then eventually you stopped doing this, and uh, and people still uh, you know took took this on and kept uh, uh, posting things. Uh, Asking questions, answering. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it's a lot of hard work that you did at the beginning, right? And uh, how, for how long did you do this before uh, stopping the, the outreach? I think you said for one month. For one yeah, a month, month right?
1: and a half. And also, yeah. like the other parts that were really hard, which you're going through now, I'm sure, are the editing of videos. I was making a ton of clips. And because I wanted to just get our presence on YouTube. And so out of every hour-long session, I would make like five or six clips of my favorite answers. And that was a way for me to go back and like review what people said. I remember it would be like after the third or fourth time watching it in the video editor, I would go like, Oh, I kind of think I know what they're talking about now. <laughs> so that helped me to, you know, get my ML ops chops. And then uh, yeah, probably like, I, I don't feel like the community actually really got rolling. So I remember really well because in June, I remember telling a friend of mine that if we can hit 500 Slack members, that would be like huge. That would be a, a great milestone. And so we hit that And then my friend asked, well, what's next? Is it going to be a 1,000 before the new year? I was like, no way. That's a lot. We just, you know, it took us three months or four months to hit 500. Let's sustain this growth. That's all I care about. So, like, a 1,000, yeah, before the new year, maybe, but I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. Uh, And so then it was like, because I figured that everybody that cared about MLOps had joined already. I didn't think there was going to be that many people. And so then when we hit a 1,000, it was right around September. And I was like, whoa, that was fast. And then we hit 2,000 before the end of the year. And then now we just hit 3,000. And it's like, okay, this is doing that whole exponential growth thing. Uh, But with more people comes different problems, I would say, or different different things that you have to worry about in the beginning, when it was just like 10 people, you knew everyone and everyone knew you, you knew who was active. Now it's like, there's a ton of people around and so you got to moderate wisely.
0: What kind of problems you have? So first of all, a lot of people and most of them you don't know and you need to moderate. Are there some other problems like spam or or spammers that
1: come from your community (laughs) yes
0: so so what kind of problems you have and how do you deal with them
1: yeah i mean i think we talked about this last week right Mm -hmm. like the code of conduct and Mm -hmm. uh just random so it feels like every day that i'm trying to walk the fine line of a what a vendor can and can't do in the community because all the vendors are really excited about MLOps community. And if they don't read the code of conduct, then they come in and they just start like spraying their product all over the place. And it's like, what are you doing, man? First of all, you're not gonna get many sales like that, me knowing as an ex-salesman. But the other thing is that imagine if every, we have a closed vendor channel and there's over a hundred people in that channel. Imagine if every single one of those vendors did the same thing. So then every thread would just be like a hundred vendors spraying their product. It's never going to create a conducive environment for the community to grow. And that is one that gives me a bit of a headache. Uh, And especially when it's like, yeah, I know these guys, I've talked to these guys, all of them, most of them I've interviewed. And so it's like, come on. Dude, we we know each other. We've had conversations, and you can't do that. And then when you say you can't do that for one, then if another one does it, they come to you and they say, "Well, why can they do it?" So it's a lot of you. You have more than one kid, right?
0: No, just one.
1: Uh, just one. Oh well, I I kind of compare it to like siblings. And uh, I understand what you mean. If one kid gets a candy, then I want a candy too. So. Mm-hmm. That's not to say, I don't want to like dog on the vendors. I love the vendors. We are so happy that they're there when they contribute their knowledge because the vendors I feel like are some of the most advanced, the people with the most advanced understanding of of MLOps right now are the ones that are building the tools. So if they come in and they give their knowledge without like creating a commercial out of it, it's like, that is so valuable for the community. But as soon as it becomes hey, just try my product. It's cool. Or they reach out and they DM someone because they saw a question that they were asking in a channel. Then it's like, dude, you can't do that. Other problems. I don't know, man. Uh, Other stuff that's come up now. Ego battles that you have with people. It's like, I try to just tell people, hey, just be cool. Be chill. This community doesn't. You don't need to like get riled up about anything. We're talking about ML ops. It's not politics. It's just like chill. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. So you basically need to keep an eye, because uh, I I know sometimes they go to general in MLOps uh, and they see okay there is some post from a vendor, but then ten minutes after that it's gone. Yeah. And I think uh, that's me. it's probably <laughs> you.
1: That's me having to so go and is... reach out directly to them. Okay, so and that's it, the audacity. The audacity kills me where somebody, they don't have any prior knowledge of, they come in, imagine you just come in to a Slack and then you go to the general area and you just say, look at my product, it's amazing. And you Before you even like introduce yourself, before you do anything, that's to me like, you're that dog that just peed all over a fire hydrant. And now I got to go clean it up because we have a rule in this city that dogs can't pee on fire hydrants.
0: Okay, that's the, the side that uh, you don't always see because like when uh, I go into the to MLOps community, usually generally clean, but because you help to to help it say clean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned one thing that I wanted to talk a bit um, so you said that one feedback that uh, you got was that uh, it was not yet a community, mm-hmm. but now I think it is a community. So how did you go from that uh, that point when it wasn't a community to the point when it was like, maybe did, did you even feel like, okay, now it is a community. Now I can call this place a community. And what did you do to get there?
1: I, I wish I knew the answer to that. And I wish I could say that it was anything that I did because I know that it wasn't anything that I did or it wasn't like because of me, because like I said, I did the data on Kubernetes community. And I also have the, uh, are you a robot AI ethics community? And neither of those feel like they really hit the point where it's like a community of people talking to each other. So one thing that I think is useful is getting the core members to know each other so that there are those those moments where you have the connection between people and then you see each other in Slack and it's not like just some random avatar picture. It's a person that you've actually had a call with, or you, you know, and you know what the tone of their voice is and you know, the inflection and you know, if English is their first language. So you have this context and that makes people less shy when it comes to speaking up in Slack. I think the majority of people that are in Slack are just lurking and they're not saying much. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at everything. And a lot of people feel like they don't have anything to contribute. And a lot of people just don't want to contribute. Uh, and so you get a lot of the same faces popping up. And those people, especially in the beginning, they should know who one another
0: are mm-hmm. how did you manage like how did did you somehow try to connect them i don't know create maybe a secret uh, channel uh...
1: kind of yeah we created the ml ops board in the beginning uh that since has died out but that was it yeah like just everybody who was super active and i felt like had very interesting things to contribute and I needed somebody to bounce ideas off. I need people to tell me if the ideas that I had were crazy or not, uh, crazy in a good way or crazy in a bad way. And so I just went and I got all of the people that I felt like were the most engaged and even people that were giving me like critical feedback. I wanted them in there too, because I didn't want everyone just to be like, yeah, this is great. I wanted people to tell me, Hey, that meetup sucked which some people told me. And so I said, all right, you get a job on the board. (laughs) And so that I could have, I could field the whole spectrum of like good and bad and what, what was useful to people and what kind of people. So we created the board in the beginning and I could ask them their opinions on stuff and they could also voice their opinions on different changes that we made. And then from there, it kind of fizzled out. Uh, just because it wasn't being used as much once the actual community camaraderie took hold, and so mm. that's been archived.
0: Okay. I took a note, anyways. <laughs> you took but what? I took a note. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to squeeze as much uh, information from you as possible, so I'm taking notes. <laughs> so uh, no. we have a question, or maybe not a question, but um,
1: no. no way. There's people actually watching us
0: yeah 12 people so <laughs> so uh one it's not a question but uh, more like a comment i've joined many communities in the past but have never truly felt like i belonged mm-hmm. um so w- what do you think about this like how how to make people feel belonged to a community
1: ah oh, man good question and a lot of it i think is a bit is on your side well you the questioner or whatever uh because you have to put in a little bit of effort you can't expect it especially when it comes to okay so if it's if it's a in-person community totally different story right what is is in-person community if it's like a community that you're getting together your neighborhood community oh, okay. or okay. your
0: like, like uh, the, this offline community right yeah not in slack
1: exactly if it's an online community i think you really have to do some work to get out there and put yourself out there because people aren't going to necessarily just like see your introduction and then reach out to you unless it's a really good introduction uh and even then you're not going to get that many people reaching out to you right for your introduction but What you and that's something that I try and do is when I see great introductions or when I see people that are in certain fields, I'll try and tag them into different questions that arise. Uh, But you're not going to get like people coming with open arms if you're not really showing anything about you. Uh, So I think a part of that has to be put on you. Like you have to put forth a little bit of effort and then the rest is like how toxic or non-toxic is a community or how uh, engaging is the community? How open are the people that are in the community and what's the like point of the community? So right now you're seeing, we're adding all kinds of different channels and MLOps that are not just for Mm mlops right like fun channels funny channels meme channels the like bad startup idea channels cat Mm -hmm. channels all that because we've had so many different channels the most i think the most important channel is the questions and answers channel and that's why people are going to come when they have questions that's the the main draw but then like again this is coming back to mlops as a lifestyle it's we're all in this pandemic together and we don't really have the communities that we can have. We can't go to a meetup in our local area and be there in person, but we can go to like a virtual meetup. So it's, uh, it's that way. I don't know if that answered the question or the comment.
0: So what I understood, like the, the main takeaway for me was, um, first of all, you, you, try to keep an eye on what's going on, like who are the people who join, What they, uh, what is their expertise, uh, like what do they know. And then if you see that somebody is asking a question about the area, like something that they can answer, you try to talk to them. Hey, can you uh, please help uh, answer that question? So that's one thing. But then it's not just about MLOps, right? So there are people who have different interests. Somebody like cats, somebody has... Uh, um, stories of failed startups, um, like there are also, this my favorite one, um, evangelism, for example. Like, mm-hmm. this is not related to MLOps, right? But still, you you have this channel, so people can talk about other things as well. And that also creates a sense of uh, belonging, right? A sense yeah. of community. That's it. Did, like, did because, I get it right?
1: Yeah, and not a, not everyone is going to be able to answer the crazy question about if Docker Compose is similar to Kubernetes and so what happens when i don't have that kind of skill set but i still want to like contribute and be a part and like reach out and talk to people and and so aside from asking questions maybe there's other groups that i can or channels that i could get into and be a part of and make connections in uh, at least if it's a cat channel and you have a cat there you go that's an easy way to do it right
0: what if you don't do you have a cat i have a cat okay <laughs> it's On the
1: last legs right now though but if we if you don't have a cat you don't have a dog <laughs> go into the bad startup ideas i'm sure we all have a million bad startup ideas <laughs> in that channel <laughs> there's enough for anyone mm-hmm.
0: Uh, There is a personal question. Uh, Feel free not to answer that. But are you an extrovert or introvert? Uh,
1: So I would consider myself... Actually, it's funny. I really enjoy time alone. And I consider myself an introvert. But everyone that knows me thinks I'm an extrovert, extrovert. And I don't necessarily have so many problems being with a lot of people uh like spending a day at a conference and talking to people but i definitely am, am drained by the end and it's not like that's i would prefer to just sit at home and hmm. meditate <laughs>
0: think, <laughs> uh, to... i think it might just say the definition of introvert who is uh you know can talk to people but uh I think I was reading uh, an article one day about that. So, if somebody talks to people and likes that, it doesn't mean they are not necessarily uh, extroverts, right? They might be as well introverts. They just, uh, you know, they just talk uh, to people, but then they need a couple of uh, uh, days off, like of uh, talking, right, to 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 get the energy. Uh, to talk again, because there is a question uh, that is um, like if somebody is uh, an introvert, is it possible for them to start a community? And I think you just answered that, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I wouldn't
1: like let that handicap you at all. I wouldn't even let the fact that you don't know anything about the specific industry that you're starting a community around handicap you, because that's what I did, and it worked out all right.
0: Do you think um, your personality uh, helped in uh, building the community? Uh, Of course, I always (laughs) want to say yes. But
1: this is why I I have to be more humble and realize that I tried to start, well, I, I tried to start two other communities and didn't really go anywhere it didn't have the level of success that we've seen with ml ops community so in that sense it's like maybe but maybe
0: not okay because i think being charismatic at this this is my impression of you like making jokes and making fun of people in a good way i think this is uh like this is a, a good thing, right? It makes uh, events engaging. And I remember who you said, like, when I was, uh, I don't remember if it was on the interview uh, that I did with the MLops community or some other occasion. Uh, it was probably some internal meeting where you were also hosting. You said, like, uh, I enjoyed the five minutes of fame uh, because of my interview questions. <laughs> it was kind of fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like these kind of jokes, and uh, so I think it definitely played a role, at least in uh, in the events. This is my personal observation. I don't know about uh, other, uh, but yeah, maybe also that uh, you know the MLops uh, is uh, is popular, right? It's kind of hype. Exactly. While data on Kubernetes, maybe not so much.
1: Exactly, that's that's what it feels like. Is that? maybe it's a little bit of everything it's not just my personality or the personality whoever it is that wants to build a community it's uh what are you building this community about how many communities are already out there in this because i think that's one thing with the ml ops community is that there's not a lot of communities out there for ml ops i don't know if there's really any other communities i don't think so i mean you Keep have to but uh,
0: it's uh, too, like, it's focused on two, right? But uh... exactly,
1: exactly. And so, and that's generally how it used to, or how it goes with communities. I think you get communities that are around a certain tool. You don't really get communities like yours or, or well, if we could call it yours. Uh or MLOps community where because the community is of no one, right? That's one thing that's important. I can't say this is my community. I'm just the guy that talks a lot in the community and interviews people, but that doesn't make the community mine. And so mm-hmm. the uh, the thing about it is that, and I totally lost where I was going with that. I can't remember what I was saying before, <laughs> <laughs> but Uh, I think that is one thing. Yeah, there's no ownership of a community, Mm -hmm. but the open source communities are generally around a certain tool. And these communities that we are in, like Data Talks Club and MLOps, they're around a theme. Although your your theme, I'm still not sure what it is because it feels like MLOps 2.0
0: to me. (laughs) Well, two points, means, means that it's better. better right? yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the well, uh, it's not just uh, M- about MLops because I d- I'm i not sure, but would, would you have a similar talk on uh, MLops community about communities?
1: No, oh, too, yeah, but too, but, my man. but I can, where you're going.
0: right? <laughs> so ah. it's broader, so it's yeah. not about MLops, but about uh, many different things. And we have uh, quite a few questions, actually.
1: No way. People are actually watching us?
0: Yes, uh, 11 people, and we have six questions. I like that. I like that the people that are watching are engaged. Yes. So, Mert, uh, sorry if I don't pronounce your name correctly. So, Mert is asking, how can we keep communities active? I can see that a lot of people come um, with their passion in the community, but after a while, they become inactive. So how can we try to make these people active before it's too late?
1: Yeah, that is something I'm not going to like lie and say I know how to do that. Uh, What I've done with the MLOps community is we try and have like giveaways. We have trying to reach people in wherever they're at. So that means having a lot of content for them, whether that's a blog or a meetup or a podcast or Slack or um, whatever it is that like their way of consuming content and engaging, that's where we're trying to to meet them. And then a newsletter, and in these different things, like you have cool community stuff that anyone can get involved in with like giveaways or making the video or, uh, yeah, that that's mainly like the, the main things I'm thinking of to try and keep people engaged and coming back. And the other thing that is, I think there's something to be said, like people, like don't take it personally if people don't come back there's mm-hmm. everyone's got their own life that they're living and maybe somebody doesn't come back they fall off because they just had a kid mm-hmm. and there's no amount of anything that you could have done to make that person not fall off mm-hmm. right and so like if you see that there is a huge like your community is is quiet and there's not really new people that are engaging Then maybe you need to take a pulse check and see if the community is healthy. But I wouldn't be worried if you're seeing like, hey, there's people that come and they engage and then they fall off Mm -hmm. because life happens. (laughs) And maybe it's like a slack fatigue. Mm -hmm. They just go through. Just
0: internet fatigue, right? Now we are stuck at home and just too much online. Right? We've
1: been at home for one year. Yes, so exactly. now it's like, maybe they say, well, my new year's resolution is to do less with communities. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't take it personally at all. And just keep, if you hold yourself to high quality and you make sure that whatever you're doing, and this is one thing, somebody told me, who I can't remember if it was, I think it was in a blog post that I read about DBT's blog, shout out to DBT, uh they didn't do they purposely didn't like gamify their community and that for me was really validating because i had thought about the whole game what do you mean thing.
0: by g- gamifying?
1: Like giving people badges and <laughs> like making people admins or whatever and so um like i said no i don't want to gamify it because it doesn't feel right to me and they wrote out a nice long few paragraphs as to why that for them wasn't the way to go and i also felt like that wasn't the way to go i don't want people to come just because it'll give them like points on a scoreboard (laughs) right so that's uh that's that
0: Yeah, and I think they're doing really amazing. Last time I checked, it was uh, like nine thousand members. But then, oh, not last time, but uh, the one before last. And then last time I checked, it was twelve thousand. Yeah. So it was just over a month. That is amazing. And uh, I have still I have no idea what DBT is actually doing, like as a tool. Uh, I just know it's it's popular. But yeah, it's amazing. Like, uh, and with Kubeflow, it's also like, communities that grow around a tool that become popular. It's uh, interesting to see what they actually, how they manage to do this. Uh, how did they manage to attract? Because some people, I talked to a few people, who uh, who told me a few words about this DBT community. They are there not because of DBT, but because of other things. Because of the people who can they who they can talk to there. Mm-hmm. Not because they used it to, but rather uh, people who are there who have a certain profile, like uh, analytics or analytics engineers, and to be able to talk to them. So that's uh, yeah. So we have a question from Svet. Uh, how often do you do cast dev? Do you do you know what is that? No. What What was that? Cast dev. Cast dev. I think it's uh um like talking to users. Um,
1: oh, customer development.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do that? I do that. So I do at least twice a year, we'll send out a form. And I realized you got to give some incentive for people to fill out the form. So Was it we, Amazon
0: gift card for you? Yeah, well. I think, yeah, I remember that.
1: I think, yeah, I think we did Amazon actually. Or did we do the most recent one? I know that we did. There's this really cool... Um, it's like a gift card, but it's for charity giving. So okay. I give you a gift card and then you can go and use that gift card, that money that I gave you for a donation to a charity. So we've we've started doing that instead because I like that better than just giving Amazon a bunch of money. I already give them enough money on a <laughs> day-to-day basis. Uh, but maybe the people that win it, are like, I didn't want this. I would much rather want an Amazon gift card where I can buy something actually useful. But giving is a very powerful feeling. Mm-hmm. It feels good to give. So I decided to go with that. And what at do least you have what, in the forum?
0: What? What do you have in the forum?
1: Oh, I ask, I try and ask about what we're not doing right. What the least favorite part of the community is, I really try and go deep into like, what would you do differently? Why don't you? Why why don't you like what you don't like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, what's your favorite like ways? What's your favorite part about the community? Where do you do you consume the content? Are you a part of the newsletter? Are you like, um, should I curse less in the newsletters? <laughs> That kind of stuff. Do you Uh,
0: curse often in the newsletter? I don't remember. (laughs) No, just (laughs) occasionally. Okay.
1: The the thing is that I'll do that at least twice a year, and I only I do that twice a year because I feel like it's a lot of work to get people to fill it out. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't want to like flood them with it every month. And then I do reach out to random people quite a lot. And that's the beauty of being the community organizer, right? You have an excuse to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. And so I reach out to people and I talk to them about the community and I tell them I appreciate their presence there. And I don't do one-on-ones with them, but I I just like to start chatting with them and see if there's anything that comes up. The other Mm -hmm. thing that I'll do is because I have this idea in my head of different people that are, in the community that are specialized in certain things, if we have a podcast that comes out about a certain thing, or we want to make a podcast about a certain theme, which is different than just like the podcast where you and I are interviewing each other. We're starting to do like more produced podcasts where we have a theme and then we get different opinions from people. And like a
0: panel discussion, or
1: no, have you ever listened to Radiolab? No, no, so I'm not going to say that we're trying to do Radiolab because Radiolab is really good.
0: I should listen to that and maybe also do this at Datatalks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, man. <laughs> but you're, I'm telling you, you as one man, you're gonna have fun trying to do it. This is where, like, it's great to involve the community with different initiatives. That's another thing. It goes back to that other question, right? Like how do you keep people engaged? Get them involved in initiatives, get people doing different stuff and the way that you get them, like everybody's got something that they probably want to do. And so, yeah, like open it up to them and use the community as the place to let them have their forum. Because if it's only me creating the initiatives that I want, it's going to be my community. Again, it's not a, a us thing. It's like, I'm the dictator and mm-hmm. you're, you're it's, there's that classic phrase, like, are you building a community or are you building an audience? Mm-hmm. And an audience is like one to many, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the community is many to many, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's that the, that's, yeah, that's that for that
0: mm-hmm. question. Yeah, thanks. There is a follow-up. Like, it's actually, it was two, two questions in one. The so first one, how often do you do Casdev? And the second one in the same question from Svet, <clears throat> is uh, do you do a random coffee practice? And I think you said that you don't have one-on-ones because this is what I think is uh, random coffee. I have no idea, actually. Maybe you know what it said.
1: Yeah, so we just started the, uh, there's that app in
0: Slack Donut. Mm-hmm. Okay, you but this is, uh, this is, this I, I used it uh, at work, in, uh, we have at work, um, but Random Coffee, I, I don't know, so 101 for Casdev, it, it feels to me that uh, you are the community manager and you reach out to community members to see what's going on, to keep the pulse on, uh, like yeah. to, to know um, what's going on, but um, maybe Random Coffee is something like to go from this, uh, uh, how you said, audience to a community. To many to many thing, right? And this is what yeah. donut and random coffee is about, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think, but that's yeah, that's true. Like when other people are in donut, they're not asking specific questions about the community, but it is a way for me to have an excuse to randomly be matched with someone and hmm. have a meeting with them and and see what their thoughts are on the community. And uh, and honestly, one I will say this: a lot of the time it's people that are reaching out to me that I do have one-on-ones with. Mm-hmm. And so I do, I would say like the customer development, and if we want to call it a customer in the, the MLOps community, because they're not a customer, but I understand that some people that are watching this, they may be watching this for a product or a company and they're doing their tasked with the community at their company. And To have so, those people that reach out to me, I generally 99% of the time will sit down and have one on ones with them. Mm -hmm. And then when we're talking to them, like usually it's an ask when they reach out to me, they want information or they want something, they want to do something with the community or whatever.
0: On your podcast, right?
1: Yeah, so many of those
0: (laughs) from vendors, right? (laughs) What (laughs) vendors.
1: there's a lot of that too. Uh, if it's a vendor, I, it's not that I don't meet with them. It's that, so I do meet with most, you know, why I meet with everybody is because I, again, I came from sales and I know how important it was for me to book meetings. And I know how it was like really huge when I would get feedback, even if it wasn't (laughs) anybody that wasn't going to buy, And so to have a meeting, so usually when people reach out to me now, especially if it's like, hey, I have a community or hey, I like what you're doing with the community. They play to my ego and (laughs) it's my soft spot. And then (laughs) I meet with them. And I feel like it would be very hypocritical of me to not meet with these people when I'm going and I'm reaching out to people every day to try and get them on the podcast. And I'm reaching out cold and asking them to spend like an hour with me. So if I don't do it to people that reach out to me, it's a little bit like, "Mm, it's not cool. However, I will ask that they clarify like, and they give like a really clear idea of what they want to talk about. (laughs) Uh, So it's not just like random because that has happened a few times. Yeah, that has happened a few times and I've been like, uh okay this is a waste of my time
0: oh <laughs> well, but most of the time it's uh, not like that right
1: no and most of the time they're amazing conversations and i make a friend out of it
0: mm-hmm. okay we still have quite a few questions are you in hurry
1: to no i'm good go? for time let me just double okay. check that we're all good here yeah i'm good for another 30 minutes
0: Okay, uh, we probably will not need that much, but maybe uh, 10 minutes more. So again, a question from Svet. Uh, Sorry if I don't pronounce your name correctly. Do you believe that community needs a leader or a media person to drive the community forward? Or maybe a community can live independently?
1: So I think, again, this is coming back to like, what kind of community are we talking about? If it's a community like MLOps, probably not so i'm just basically saying my i'm not necessary in that but but you it's gonna be and i've talked to other people about this. this is why from my experience talking to others because i don't know i've never done it where there is no leader right because i've done it always where i try and jumpstart the community and talking to others where they like try and be more (laughs) democratic about things, I guess, if you want to call it that, it just takes so much longer for things to get done. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you end up being so slow. Like for me, I've noticed that like, as soon as we start adding in complexity to the MLOps community, and we have like sprint meetings now where we have the different initiatives that we're working on and we have the different, because there's so many things, there's so many plates moving now right like it's not just the meetups or the podcast or the newsletter now we have like reading club and we have the website whole revamp where we're going to be comparing the tools and we have the engineering labs and we have the new podcast series we have so much that's happening with all of that and so like to keep a vision on all of that oh and office hours which you drop into uh and then women of that's it's like
0: five or six. I, I was trying to count and take a note because, you know, I want to, <laughs> to do the same. Good thing is it's recorded so you can yes. go back and watch it. Yes, that's that's a good thing. But it's amazing. Like, I, I counted six things or five. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember. No, but that's, that, that's a lot, right? So how... I know that you're not alone. There is David. There are other people who help you. But how do you, even like as a team of uh, three people, or I I don't know how how many exactly, how do you keep up with all that?
1: So we have the sprint plannings that help and then just giving people a lot of autonomy and recognizing that it is a community and people aren't getting paid. So like not really pressuring them or holding them to what they say so much, uh, and but th- this is where again, like where we can, y- you have to be very clear about what you're going for, and you can engage more people in the community. Like you can get people more interested, and so with like the website, we that's probably like what's taken the longest because we're engaging so many people. When mm-hmm. it's just me, I do shit fast right like it's like okay i gotta it it was me in the beginning and it was me doing it and i was working myself to the bone but now it's a lot more of a community feel and i still have the things that i'm doing like the things that i'm doing just have momentum Mm -hmm. so they're happening but then there's all this other crazy stuff that we think up and we think well this could be cool let's try that or what about if we did this what about if we did that and then we see who in the community wants to get involved mm-hmm. and we see if it's actually a viable option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like with all those different things, it's really hard to get, imagine if you had like six things going on and you didn't have a leader mm-hmm. and you had the amount of people that we have working on them like imagine you had 20 people and it was like everybody was just like well my thing is the most important or i think we should do it like this Mm -hmm. and then nobody actually has decision making power then it's really difficult to get anything done i'm not saying it's bad it's totally a viable way to go about doing your stuff if you want to have and structure your community like that go for it uh i'm coming from spain I know, and especially in the northern part of Spain, in the Basque country, that was like the de facto way of doing everything. I would just say it was the biggest pain in the ass for me because I wanted to just go. And so to like go through all of the bureaucracy, we could call it, uh, even though it's not bureaucracy, but to go through all of that, it was a lot of work and it, it slowed me down and then I would lose interest. But if I'm just like, okay, I can do this and I'm just going to go, then boom, I'm going to be much more inspired.
0: And um, there is a question from Anonymous, but I also wanted to ask that question. How big is your team? Uh,
1: Right now, I'd say like core team. There's four of us. But then there's like people working on the different initiatives. Mm -hmm. So with those people that are outside of it i would say there's probably like 10 mm. or maybe maybe we could stretch it to like 12 15
0: yeah that's uh, that's amazing um <clears throat> do you consider a community a business and uh, what is uh, It's a community, so not necessarily the MLOps community, but in general, a community. Uh, That's, again, a question from Svet. Um, And if yes, what is the business goal would be? Like, what would be the business goal for that community?
1: That's an awesome question. So I look at it, I tend to look at it as yes. Uh, And the goal, though, in my mind, is to create a place where... People can learn and they can share and they can interact. So it's not like the goal is to make profits for our shareholders. It's to create like a place where people can get the most value in this specific space. And so that's how I look at ML Ops community communities in general there are so many different ways like we talked about is it an open source one if it's an open source community i would argue even more like yes it's a business because you see so many different companies that are being created on top of open source and so the value like what is the goal of the business if it's an open source thing if it's a business on top of an open source community, then then it's obvious like the goal is to make money. But the community looking at it as a business and looking at it as like, you want to have it be a place that thrives and is constantly attracting new customers and it has the marketing side and it has the product side, even though the product of the community, I'm not sure what that would be other than like the different initiatives that are brought podcasts. on and, yeah podcasts or news newsletters more marketing but like yeah that could probably be the the way that we're running ml ops community is like it's an educational business we're just not getting <laughs> the people <laughs> are are learning they're not paying for <laughs> their learning which is fine with me right now and i don't want it to be like behind a paywall and we had thought about we threw around ideas of creating courses, but and in the end we said, no, we're not gonna do it right now because a everything's moving too fast. By the time we launch a course, who knows where
0: it'll be. Yeah, kubeflow, for example, like uh, <laughs> if you record the record the course now, like in one month, the uh, API changes, and yeah,
1: and you'll always have to continue updating that, it's okay. and it's also uh, who knows if even cube Flow is going to be around in a year or two, right? Like who knows if, it, so that's not, that's a little bit of a cop-out as to why we didn't start a course. It, it's just felt like a lot of squeezing for the juice. So does that answer the question?
0: yeah i think it does so we still have quite a few questions but i think uh, people are actually just... listening to us This is yes yes exactly and <laughs> there are still 10 people so you can remember believe it. 12 and uh, 10 of them well excluding me because i'm still watching it from my phone but so nine people are there and uh, so let's i want to select uh, the last one um for the day um so if somebody wants to uh start a community right now in a familiar topic, so in a topic they know about, what would you uh, suggest them to do? What are the main five points you will, you will suggest them to go?
1: Figure out where you want the community to be. So is it going to be in Slack? Is it going to be in Discord? Is it going to be on... There's a lot of new like community tools that are coming up. Uh, like, like Circle. Circle. Yeah, and yeah. Commissar. I think I told you I had a demo with them. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're more of an analytics tool for your community, I think. Mm -hmm. But there are tools that look scary, scarily like Facebook, but it's like for your community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So A, like figure out where you want your community to live. At least in the beginning, it should probably just be on one of these platforms. Mm -hmm. And then when you grow bigger, you can go into forms and Slack or discord and Slack and have mm-hmm. them both. Then what's the common goal that unites the community? What is it like, why would anyone want to come and be a part of this community? And mm-hmm. What are they coming there for? I think figure out those questions. And then how are you going to feed that hunger? That they have? Is it just gonna be people talking on Slack? Are you going to create blog posts? Are you going to or create content in general? It could be a podcast, it could be a newsletter, whatever. Like what is it that is going to aliment? Is that a word? No. To feed them and <laughs> to give to yeah, nurture the community in that way. And Then once you know that and you know like who are people that are going to be in the community because you have this common thread, then you can go and start finding them wherever they are and start talking to them and mention how you have a community also or you have this community that you just started. And so for me, it was easy finding them on LinkedIn. It's easy if it's a professional facing community. I think it's going to be a lot harder if it's like toe fetish community. Where do you find those people? (laughs) Because I know you're into that, Alexi. So I'm wondering, where do you guys hang out?
0: I'll tell you offline.
1: (laughs) You got all red too. Sorry to make you blush and tell all of your followers that you're into that. But... (laughs) So yeah, like where do you find them? I, I generally think it's easier to find people on LinkedIn if it's around a, a professional network kind of thing. There's also, you could technically, like a Facebook group is a community. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where you find people and maybe you find them in the comments section of a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that is where do these people hang out and why are they going to want to go hang out in this community that you're starting
0: okay so fifth one because the question was about main five points and you just had four.
1: Oh, <laughs> fifth one would be yeah i feel like i covered it though man like so yeah know, maybe summarize these people
0: yeah so first you said find out where like the platform, then uh, why? Like why people should join, right? The goal of the community. Then the third one was um, how. Uh, like how do you want to attract people, and then where do you find them? So that was the four things.
1: Yeah, I think the why and the how are a little bit more nuanced than that. <laughs> the why is why do people want to join this community? Why do people even care like what is the common thread uh, that unites them what is the answers they are looking for or the what are they seeking and how are you going to be giving them those answers
0: well i think that's uh these four are good enough right to start
1: i hope so yeah. If I think of another one along the way, I'll, yeah. do, I'll tell you.
0: Yeah. And to answer your question, where to find people that, that are, let's say, not the professional community, I think on Reddit, you can find all sorts of people. Also, yeah. And not Fair. just, uh, you know, those who are in data, into data science, but other sorts of people as well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean Total other fetishes. sort of like, exactly, this is what I meant. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that's all uh, for today. Thanks a lot for joining us today for, uh, for a chat, uh, sharing your expertise. Uh, actually, I took like um, three pages of notes, which are quite actionable. <laughs> so you'll see more initiative coming up from Data Uh-oh. Talks Club in the future.
1: Oh, you're <laughs> gonna copy everything. Not uh-huh. everything.
0: What? Not everything. Well.
1: Most of it. No, it's good. I, of course, if I wasn't fully supportive of you making an MLOps 2.0, I wouldn't be here right now. (laughs) I think it's great what you're doing and you have, you have really interesting stuff going on. And then also like talking to you about this is really cool because it helps me formulate my ideas. And I've thought about it quite a bit. Like should I just start making YouTube videos about creating community, how I know how to create it? I'm not going to claim to be an expert in communities because I know there are a lot of people out there with a lot more experience than myself. I just want to tell the story of how I created it, what's worked for me, what I've tried, what didn't work in these three communities that I've created thus far. And so thanks everybody for listening. Like, I can't believe that they're still listening. Everyone yeah, dropped they are. off already now.
0: <laughs> there, there, there are still uh, nine, well, except me, like eight people that are still uh, in the stream. So that's, uh, that's, that's, success, cool. that's a, yeah, so a successful stream, I would say. It's um, pretty cool yeah, that so, people are interested in this. Yeah, and, and maybe there is an idea for your fourth community. It's community about communities.
1: That's kind of meta.
0: Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> I like it, though that's if right now honestly you'll see like you just i'm just trying to keep up with mlops yeah I, I imagine. so much and figure out how how to keep it in a uh, healthy community state
0: okay yeah well uh, good luck with that
1: do i get to do a shameless plug No.
0: yes please
1: <laughs> no i'm joking that's that was yeah. So, how can you he...
0: plugs So, how can people find your community?
1: <laughs> just go to mlops.community online. Are you on Twitter as well? Bar.
0: What? Are you on Twitter as well?
1: Yep. At What's... mlops community, we oh. don't have that many followers, but we are there, and we generally just post about stuff that we're doing. We have like all these different initiatives that I talked about. If anyone wants to get in get involved with the initiatives. I imagine people that are watching uh, have something to do with data science or ML or ML ops in general, but we've got a lot of stuff going on. So if you wanna get involved, come reach out to me. If you just wanna keep talking, like I said, I usually take most meetings when people reach out to me. So if I didn't answer all of your questions here, feel free to send me a LinkedIn connect and we can go from there.
0: Yeah, there are still six questions that we didn't answer. So, there we go. yeah, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, we don't have that much time. Maybe for the next episode. Next yeah, or time, maybe...
1: can we please call it ML Ops as a lifestyle?
0: Yes, okay. see if anyone see
1: shows up. We'll compare it. And we'll <laughs> just compare it by the name. And so we'll know okay. which one was more popular okay. as a name
0: okay yes so thanks a lot thanks everyone for staying on the on the stream and thanks Dimitris, for coming and uh, everyone have a night have a great weekend.